Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Well, I would like to start by wishing all listeners today a very happy new year. My grandmother would often say, when you fall down a hole and hit the bottom, there's only one way, and that is up. I think that sums up how many of us feel about 2020. Let's hope things will look up for you, your family, and friends. So the best to you and yours in the new year. The first interview on today's show looks at the draft budget for the town of Coburg. Last year, it was $24 million, and the town is currently sitting at a 1.9% increase. However, Deputy Mayor Suzanne Seguin is aiming to get that figure down to zero, or at the most, 1%. You will want to hear how she hopes to do that in the face of the fiscal challenges facing council. I'm so pleased to have with me today Suzanne Seguin, the Deputy Mayor of Coburg and the person responsible for the Coburg draft budget, which just got released recently. Welcome to Consider This, Suzanne. Thank you, Robert. You've spent months now working on this draft budget. I know it's a long process. What are the things that stand out most to you? I think overall, I was really worried about this budget this year because of the COVID, because of the challenges that we face, the losses in revenue, and um, everything changes like every day. Um, we, we, we're trying to keep up with the legislation, we're trying to keep up with rules, and at the same time, we're trying to bring in a budget that is realistic, and I keep I kept saying that to everyone, you know, this is realistic. I, I, I set the goal, that was my goal, not council, so zero to one percent. Uh, people can't afford to pay more taxes this year. They, they, some store owners have lost their businesses. Some people have lost their jobs. And um, I was really concerned that, you know, a, lot higher, a higher tax would be, would be really difficult for a lot of people. A couple of things are in that answer, and I'd, I'd wonder if we could just unpack them, please. Now, f- first of all, why were all the budgets higher? I guess uh, what we heard um, during these presentations is that council or staff felt that they would present what they needed. And even though we had clearly indicated, or sorry, I had clearly indicated, because council did not vote on this zero to one percent, that was me. And um, as budget chief, I thought, you know, let's let's try and set a reasonable uh, goal. So I don't know the answer to that, Robert. I think. Um, I think they just felt that they needed to present what they needed for their departments. For example, the fire department, you know, presented three new hires this year. And, you know, that's, yeah, they're not starting till July 1st, but it's still three new hires. And I was disappointed in that. And other things like the art, the art gallery came in a lot higher. So I think we need to look at this and and on the 21st of January we're going to take a hard look at this and go line by line. We did not get to do that during the presentations. We were only there to listen to presentations from various departments. 
You also mentioned lost revenues. Can you explain to people how much money has been lost? Oh, it's, it's I don't know the exact figure, Robert, but it's, it's uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, for example, the CCC, uh, their revenue <clears throat> is very important to decreasing the deficit. This year, they have been very careful with their budget, but we're still coming in at a net cost to the town of 1.2. That's the 2021 budget. So basically the CCC, the, uh, um, the trailer park, and the campground, and or the marina are one of the few places that this town actually generates a revenue. So with COVID and everything closed, um, the expenses side did not change. No one lost their jobs. No one was laid off. Um, I questioned that a few times, but no one was. And um, uh, some positions were reallocated. So the expense line items are still there. All right. So let's start looking at some of the various areas uh, of the budget. And one of them that you've already mentioned that I wanted to talk about was the fire department. The first thing I noticed in the fire department budget was that there are renovations to the fire hall to accommodate their first female firefighter. I mean, there's a locker, a shower room, and a washroom for a total cost of $230,000. Now, that seems like a lot of money. Why is this so expensive? Well, we asked the fire chief that same question, and um, I phoned him, and I said, you know, in this in this economy, uh, um, I know this is something, you know, I was just, this cannot be about a female firefighter. Uh, this is about you know, renovations, and, um, you know, because I'm a female, and I was very adamant that, you know, this, this has to be something that you absolutely have to do. Take a good look at it and come back to us. So um, basically he, he wants to renovate parts of his fire hall or parts of their fire hall. So the entire 230 is now in the capital budget, and uh, he identified a, um, a resiliency fund that we hadn't even discussed at council, but I see in the budget papers uh, given to us by uh, Mr. Davy, our treasurer, that that's indeed where all of those um, renovations are going to be coming from. So there is no talk, uh, cost to the taxpayer for those renovations. When I was looking at the at the presentation uh, in the budget, uh, the fire department is seeing less calls. Like they hit a, a peak in 2018 of 1,666 calls, and that's da- gone down into 2019 and 2020. When you look at the numbers, one has to ask themselves, how many of these are actual fires versus how many of these are assist calls to the paramedics? Because I know that those get rolled together when they talk about calls. Do we actually know how many fires these guys fight and how many are actually assist calls to the paramedics? All we know is calls for service, and it's exactly what you just described, whether it's an EMS call or it's a fire call or it could be, you know, just an accident. I'd like to move on now and talk about a really big project that the town's looking to take on, and that's the breakwater. It's looking at, at the moment, uh, for a grand total of $12 million over the next two years. And I know that Councillor Emily Chorley is trying to make this a budget priority. Did she talk to you about this prior to her motion on December 3rd? We talk, we talk quite a bit. And uh, yes, and I've been privy to sit in on some of these waterfront uh, meetings with the staff, with uh, Councillor Chorley. And um, I'm not quite sure, um, you know, what to do with this because 12 million and i've basically asked um 
the waterfront group, um, mostly now Teresa Bainham as the uh, deputy director, um, can we not phase this in over the next, I don't know, 10 years? And everybody seems to think there's no problem <clears throat> borrowing money, borrowing money, because the rates are so favorable now. But there's no return on this investment at all. There's not one dime that will come back to the citizens of Coburg. It's mostly a, a safety issue. And uh, um, I'm looking at <clears throat> the cost for design and engineering. I mean, we have this East Pier component. Everybody got excited. They're going to finally get on the East Pier. That's years away now because the infrastructure deficit has to just be completely rebuilt. And uh, the breakwaters, um, you know, $12 million does not even include the work that was going to be done on the East Pier. So... I really don't know what to do with this. I think it's it's a tremendous amount of money. It's basically half of our budget. Like, we, you know, 2020, we had a $24.6 million uh, tax levy. So it's half of that. And we're already sitting at, um, you know, payments of 600000 for interest that we pay every year on other projects that we've had in the years gone by. So this will add you know, hundreds hundreds of thousands of dollars to our payment structure every year. Uh, when I looked in the budget documents, I, they talk about paying for it over the next 20 years to pay it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but but then again, I mean, at the same time, it's it's not unusual if you're a homeowner. Sometimes you you know you have to get something fixed. You got to get the furnace replaced. You have to get your water heater replaced. There there are certain ex- expenses that you don't have choices about. And when you listen to the debates and you look at the documentation, um, this is not a new a new problem. I mean, you can go back a, a decade or more. And I mean, the old the old uh, marina manager Phil Fardella used to talk all the time about the East Pier, you know, we've got to do something, we've got to do something. I mean, you know, is is this really uh, big news or, or, or is it just something that everybody kept kicking down the road and now all of a sudden we're at a point where if we don't do something, I mean, in that meeting they talked about the, the boardwalk could collapse at any moment. Yeah, I think kicking it down the road is exactly uh, the right analogy there because uh, the East Pier is 180 years old and uh, we look at our beautiful harbor and we look at, you know, uh, how great a, a place it is to walk along. But uh, you certainly don't want to have the safety issue of, of the um, boardwalks falling into the, the, the lake. And um, you're right as far as, you know, your, a homeowner analogy of fixing up what, what goes wrong. But in this case, this is, this is not a homeowner. This is, this is basically tax dollars that are going into paying a six, you know, a, sorry, a twelve million dollar um, bill, and uh, it wouldn't be so bad if, if you know, years ago we, we spent forty million on the Northern Industrial Park, and but that brought some revenue with it, and this is basically just great uh, water and and harbor and and the East Pier, and uh, um, it's just you know fixing it up because it's deteriorated over the years, and it was deteriorated when we. Brought it, uh, took it on from the the federal government. They knew it was deteriorated. They gave us four hundred and some thousand. And I asked where that money went, and no one seems to know. It just went into the general coffers. So 
know, it is what it is. But, and, but when you argue that it, there's no revenue, I mean, we do have that harbor is a place where people put boats. There's the marina there, and that's a revenue generator. And when we when we talked about expanding the marina to generate more revenues to help offset costs, there was a huge fight, and people fought very hard not to expand. I mean, are are these the ghosts of past coming to haunt us? I don't think so. I think the revenue component um, I mentioned is um, the marina um, operates as a self-sufficient entity. In other words, there's a lot of infrastructure deficits there. The docks need replacing, and uh, a lot of a lot of um, capital items um, need to be done at the harbor. So, what I meant was, um, <clears throat> we need to have the marina. Uh, revenues, and they're not, they're not huge. There's there's some revenues there, but they need to go right back into the the capital items for specifically the marina. Yes, it is always you know the harbor area, but um these these uh, breakwaters basically um, do not generate any money if we fix them. So yeah, the harbor itself, the marina, um, it it does generate some funds. But uh, there's a lot of places for those those meager funds to go. Isn't this one of the dangers of low tax increases? I mean, you've been talking yourself about getting this tax increase this year down to zero to one percent. But isn't this the danger that we run when we start thinking like this? Is that we have these low tax increases that you know you and other budget chiefs before you have fought hard to to pull off, and then we end up we don't deal with major issues like the the breakwater and like the situation situation we find ourselves in with the East Pier, etc. Um, isn't this a self-perpetuating problem? I mean, somebody at some point has to bite the bullet and deal with this stuff, and now we see the result of, of not dealing with it. Well, you're right. Um, you know, historically, um, taxpayers, we've heard, you know, that our taxes are too high, and, and historically our, our, our tax increases have not been high over the last few years, 1%, one5 Um, And the infrastructure deficit, some communities put 1% specifically for an infrastructure deficit. We do get some grants from federal and and provincial governments to offset some of these huge projects. Don't see any in the wings for this waterfront uh, $12 million. We did apply um, in a recent funding. But um, I don't know. I, I still maintain that you have to look at your budgets and look at where the money is being allocated and reallocate it. I think um, anything higher than than a one or, or you know under two is is the maximum that people can afford to pay. And you know you you do you're right. There are some infrastructure deficits, and down the road we may decide to put one percent specifically for that. But we have to you know have to look at carefully at the costs and reallocating costs. Twenty five million is you know. Sounds like a lot of money, but um, and that's why the line item allocation and the line item review is very important to make sure we we save every you know penny we can. Let's talk a bit about the community grants because that's always a, a an area where. Uh lot changes. Um, there's been a lot of work on Victoria Hall, Dressler House, uh, the Fire Hall, and, and much of it, but not all of it, is being put off until 2022. Uh, why is that? Well, I guess it's just basically um, 
you know, you need you need to find it. You need to define cuts somewhere. <clears throat> and uh, um, Dressler House, for example, they their new roof has been in the budget for several years now, and um, it has been decreased uh, from I think uh, uh, hundred thousand to forty thousand, I believe. So um, it's it is still in the budget. Uh, the fire hall was in at 235 for a new roof. Now it's in at 100. So I'm not quite sure how that decrease happened. I think it's maybe wishful thinking. Um, but the um, yeah, certain projects you just have to defer because um, and you're right, you defer them. They're still there and they still have to be done. But um, we can only do so many in a in a year like this. I also noticed that you know, the Greenwood Coalition they've lost. Uh, it's not in the budget this year. They got $6,000 last year. Fair Share Food Bank is, is no longer receiving money in this budget, but it got $7,000 the year before. But there is $17,000 for doctor recruitment. The Hospice Care Center, we're spending $60,000 over the next four years. Um, if affordable housing is up to $250,000, up from $50,000. Um, what, what, why all these changes? What's, what's going on there? Well, most of those changes, um, to be perfectly honest, were brought forward by Councillor Beatty. Um, she's very uh, um, passionate about um, a lot of those issues, except for physician recruitment. I sit on that board, and that has not changed in several years. So it's, it's stayed around the seventeen thousand. Um, the um, the other the other components of that budget, uh, uh, Greenfield Coalition, they. They applied for a community grant um, last year. The, the 6000 was for an outreach, which we still haven't seen, so I'm not quite sure um, where that money sits. I know it was actually given to Greenwood Coalition, but we asked for a report. The 7000 for the food bank was also brought forward by Councillor Beattie at last year's um, sorry, 2020 budget deliberations, and it was, a, it was added um, when we actually did the, uh, the COVID review. Uh, because um, and council felt that um, that was something that they wanted to do, but um, there's only two more years left for Ed's house, the hospice. We had that was it was a four-year um, um, commitment of sixty thousand a year, so we've paid two, and so 2021 and 2022 will be the last two years for that. Now, when you look at the grants that are being given out. There's one for Victoria Hall volunteers. There's another for the song program, the New Venture Band. Um, there's one for Northumberland 89.7 FM, uh, who I, I volunteer with. Um, there's Les Amis, the Je La Jeunesse Choir, the Coburg Museum, the Coburg Lawn Bowling Club, the Farmer's Market, and the Historical Society. Now, all of those are cultural groups, and yet we just discussed uh, two groups that deal with poverty, Greenwood Coalition and Fair Share Food Bank. Why do these groups that are perfectly capable of raising their own monies, why do they need money from the town, and yet we can't give monies to, to help people have some form of support when they're in poverty, both in the form of the Greenwood Coalition and the Fair Share Food Bank? Well, again, I, the Fair, Fair Share Food Bank did not apply for a grant in 2020. Uh, that was something that Councillor Beattie brought forward to Council when we were discussing the deficit due to COVID. And the Greenwood Coalition 
um, the outreach center that they um, they the six thousand there again was something that Council Beatty brought forward. Um, they would, did not apply for a community grant. Um, the grant application for community grants is the um, 31st of uh, October. We did not um, advertise it much this year because we did not know where we would sit as far as being able to fund any of these this year. To answer your question, most of the uh, you know, Victoria Hall volunteers, most of those and the historical society, a lot of those grants are in-kind grants. And whether they'll be realized in 2021 or not, we fully expect things will not even close to getting back to normal until September of 2021. So uh, the, the in-kind in is, is renting the Victoria, uh, renting the concert hall. So they don't actually get dollars and cents. They get in-kind contributions towards rentals of town facilities. Uh, I think it's important that listeners understand that this is a draft budget you and I have been talking about, and that if they want Im input on this budget, that they can go to the uh, Engage page for the town of Coburg, and they can put forward their opinions and have their input. And I also understand they can reach out to you and, and to other councillors if they want to have their say. So the final debate comes up in January. What was the date again for people who are interested? The 21st of January. And this and is it's a full day and possibly a two-day budget, two-day two-day budget deliberation. And this is a public meeting, or is it just councillors? Absolutely, a public meeting. Going into this final deliberation, do you have your eye on particular areas so that you can achieve your goal of zero to one percent? Are there certain things you've already targeted out that you want to see cut? I have. I've been going through the budget for the last week, week and a half. Um, since we got it, and um, I'm looking at, um, yes, I am looking at certain, we don't have a long, you know, basically 250,000 is 1%, and we're sitting at 1.9. So we have to come down at least 250,000, in my opinion. It's going to be a little bit here, a little bit there. And I, and I ask council members as we go into this deliberation, if you're going to add something to this budget, which makes it ten times harder um, to, you know, reduce it, please tell me where you're going to get that money and where you're going to find that reduction. Um, recently, when when council voted to spend twenty-two thousand on the rink staying open, um, that has to now be added to this budget. So, anytime you add something, and if you're trying to bring it down to a certain percentage. I would be happy with anything under um, 1% or 1% and under. Um, I don't think we're going to achieve zero this year. Um, and to your point, there's things that have to be done and, you know, infrastructure that has to be repaired. So, um, yes, if I can find efficiencies of 250000 I'll be happy because that would bring it just under the 1%. Deputy Mayor Suzanne Sengan, thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, thank you for the opportunity. That was Coburg Budget Chief Suzanne Sagan discussing the draft Coburg budget. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.